Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to do a campaign pitch me. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we like to talk about games. Um, the campaign pitch me's, uh, we've done one before. Uh, that one was for, I guess it was just like a like a regular Pathfinder. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Caravan Pathfinder game. Um, uh, and it's just, uh, and you know, like it's a, it's a one to 20 campaign adventure idea thing, um, that we are, uh, uh, I guess that I came up with and I wanted to, I wanted to share with the crowd. Um, this one is not for Pathfinder. This one is for Star Wars. This one has actually been one that I've been thinking about for a while. I kind of hinted at it in our Star Wars episode, but I like, uh, I kind of codified it in my head uh very recently um i don't know the star wars rule sets amazingly well right i don't know edge of the empire like we were talking about uh, i don't know t6 uh star wars like the original original star wars um the one that i know is uh the second edition uh which was essentially just three five but with star wars in it um which was the edition before the saga edition came out uh right around 2000 2005 so keep in mind this won't this will I, like this isn't a mechanics thing that i'm not i'm not going to be talking about mechanics stuff too much uh but i do want to i do want to preface that by kind of saying that my mindset if any of this mechanic stuff does bleed into the my my like this game it is from that mindset that it's coming from uh but uh shit i guess uh I don't know. I guess I, I guess I gotta get started, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I unlike the other campaign, I have no idea actually where you're going with this. So, like, you know, go for it. Okay. Okay. So uh, this one, I like to think of campaigns in terms of books. You know what I mean for like adventure paths, right? Um, typically, I like to go in like I like the six book structure uh, to the to most games, I guess. Um, but uh, uh, for this structure, I thinking I'm thinking more in terms of like three, which maybe you actually do split it into six in general anyway, right? And you kind of do like first half, back half of like kind of each phase. Um, but the idea is that this is actually going to go for a pretty long period of, of time. Um, so I want to, uh, uh, and so I and so I want to be thinking about like the like the books in 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 that kind of uh, in that kind of a vein. Okay, so. The first place we start out is in pre-Clone Wars, uh, like the the, the pre-Clone Wars Republic, right? The idea is then that a group of people are, um, uh, not not by that much pre-Clone Wars, by the way, right? Uh, but like kind of attack of the, you know what I mean? Like it's on the horizon, it's coming down the pike, but we're not fully entrenched in, you know, like, in stuff like that, right? Jedi are still peacekeepers, but they're slowly transitioning into a kind of, like, military officership in command of the clone army, right? Um, and all of this kind of stuff is, uh, is, is on its way. Uh, and so this is where I feel like I want to do all of the pre, you know, like the pre-rebellion stuff, um, that is, uh, part of what you know like this is where i want to do like the pre-rebellion stuff that is like part of what makes uh i guess the the uh 
Republic era so like kind of compelling and interesting, right? Flying off to these different like decadent kind of planets, uh, you know, like places like you know places in the inner rim like Naboo or like Coruscant, right? Uh, or even places that we didn't even necessarily see in the movie, but are still like really big kind of like powerhouses of like culture and like industry and stuff like that. Corellia is the first one that I that, that I think of along those lines. Um, which I guess is kind of more of an AU thing, but, you know, hey, whatever. Um, or an EU thing uh, compared to uh, compared to the movies. Like, I guess, like, Han Solo's... Uh, like, the, the Millennium Falcon is a Corellian freighter, right? But, like, is any is there are there any other mentions of Corellia anywhere in the movies that I can think of? Or in that you movies? think of it? Yeah, I don't no, know. No, it's just, like, a place. It's, it's, I think it's, like, a place that people... Like, it's a common place for humans to come from, but... I don't think it's ever like explicitly mentioned in the, in the films in particular. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, but so you know, you get to you get to seed in all of that kind of stuff here and early, right? Um, hypothetically speaking, uh, there is a transition. Maybe this does make sense for six books at this point because there's a transition where the Clone Wars do start and like the 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 first kinds of like oh we're just flying around doing Jedi doing Jedi peacekeeping things right like what the, oh by the way uh, I should mention this one of your parties should definitely definitely be uh, a member of the Jedi Order I think uh, in order to take full advantage of just all of this all of this stuff you could do more people who are Jedi high but i also kind of think that that would get to an interesting land because there's not a ton of variety among jedi for how they they kind of like operate uh because they're kind of linked into like those two classes but you know like you can have like you can have a jedi pair uh sort of thing and then fill in the blanks kind of is necessary right uh do you have a you know you can have a han solo scoundrelly roguish pilot or like a tech specialist droid pilot or you know like whatever else kind of thing right and you can have um gen like general all-purpose bodyguard soldier right like diplomats any I, all, all of these kinds of things like that that fill in the blank work but the the point here is being very much on the kind of lawful good end of being you know like of being a jedi right and you're flying around from place to place you know basically doing kind of a uh, a, a small system level storyline per level right uh and so you know maybe, maybe you're you're going for three or four sessions right but um at the end of that, like so, so, so here's the kind of here's the kind of the pattern, right? You guys get assigned a, uh, you know, like you get an, you get an assignment, you head to that planet, and that assignment takes you know three or four sessions to complete. At the completion of that session, you no longer need to be on that planet, right? Um, and you get to you know like you get to your next level, and then you return to Coruscant, get your new, you know, like get your new deployment orders, sort of thing. And all of the Clone Wars stuff is built to be going on in the background of this, right? If you want to throw in tie-ins to what's happening in the movies, right? Oh, well, the Senate just, you know, voted emergency powers, right? You know, like, oh, Count Dooku just, you know, did X, Y, or Z sort of thing. All of this stuff happens, but it really should be happening in the background. In a lot of ways, this background stuff are going to be in these in-between sessions, which can also be a spot for for you to do some of the kind of random encounter stuff that we were talking about before you know what i mean like oh you know uh when journeying from point a to point b 
essentially something happens and now you have to kind of deal with it as like a one-off in space right, right. session sort of that like that's where these this stuff goes but like in general the 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 structure says you know there are uh there are six of these kinds of planets um they are not they're not really related in terms of stuff they've all got their own different kind of characters do your best to make these characters kind of like you know unique and interesting and compelling as you know as you're like coming down to surf to the surface helping these people kind of solve their problems or whatever um but at the end of the day they're very you know like they're very kind of standalone uh uh like like small adventures right um, so what, ha so the, the, uh, the progression as the Clone Wars get more and more, like, kind of, uh, powerful in the background, right, is that your assignments are also getting kind of, like, more and more Clone Wars related, right? So first off, you know, maybe you're going and, you know, negotiating with the Trade Federation on Naboo, kind of like, like this, this, this level kind of this kind of like low level stuff right um and then soon it's now you're negotiating with the confederacy for an armistice on this planet right or you know you're going in and you're being deployed in like a, a, a ruined burned out city to try and go rescue a scientist uh to make sure that they aren't a casualty of you know like of the ongoing war this slow burn process is i is i think kind of crucial getting from you know like getting from that almost uh like peaceful idyllic version of the jedi to what these wartime you know um uh arm arm of the state uh officers in war version of jedi uh like i think that that arc needs to kind of be done right because what you're looking to communicate here is the like the fall of the republic essentially and i think you can do that through these like this kind of like metaphor right in fact i actually think that you would go like i think in a perfect world you actually go even farther than this and have the first couple of things be relatively non-combat you know like le like less combat more talking diplomacy challenges right i think diplomacy challenges are captivating at low levels in general um but like that's your kind of focus on stuff like that and it gets more and more combat focused as um you know like as as the war is starting to like ramp up in the background um and i think having your mechanics be a metaphor for that is is kind of like the perfect the perfect way to set this right this all culminates in uh one last mission right which is explicitly just a super wartime mission of you need to land on a planet work with a commando group right um to blow you know like work with the commando group to infiltrate a city and blow up the shield generator in that city so that the clone army can can like wash in behind you um essentially this is our main turning point from where things get um you know like th this is the turning point here for where things go from uh like republic land to between episode three and four land right so the the way that this one works is you land and then you're working with a group of arc troopers right um arc troopers being the kind of like the red striped and the blue striped special special ops teams uh and everything like that and so you're working you i uh, the, the 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 arc troopers uh are going to come back later and so i wanted i want to like 
make sure that like they get some time spent on them. Um, you probably want to give them a leader with like a personality, right? Someone who is actually kind of almost bulking a little bit at the war. The, the So canonically speaking, the ARC troopers have better cognitive abilities than the rest of the clones. And they have more free, like that, like they are uh, freer thinkers, right? And so they were some of the first to kind of resist against the transition from, you know, like the clones into the empire sort of thing. Um, and I think you want to hit right, you, you know, you want to hit right on that. You want to hit that nail right on the head here sort of thing, right? You have, you have a bunch of arc troopers. They're doing the job, but they're reluctant. They kind of see where things are going and they're not, and they're not really kind of, uh, like on board with stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, you're coming in, uh, to destroy this shield generator so that the clone army that is just waiting outside of the shield generator can you know, and who's been besieging this city for the whole time, right, can kind of wash through the city and uh, and take control sort of thing, right? As you're moving through the city, right, this is just going to be like a, like a, like a, a city under siege, horrors of war kind of, um, like, like panorama right this city is destitute people are starving right this isn't you know like this isn't the the uh, the confederate confederacy as oppressor or anything like that like yeah there are going to be you know there are droids and stuff like that um that you're going to need to fight and you're going to need to take them down sort of thing but really at the end of the day this city are just civilians right these are these are people who hate the Republic. They're on the outer rim. They feel like the Republic isn't doing, uh, isn't doing anything for them. So they signed up with the Confederacy, but the Confederacy doesn't do anything for them either. You know what I mean? And so they are, uh, uh, and so they're, they're caught between, you know, these two monolithic galactic scale things, but they're just people in a city on a planet who are trying their best to get a better life and failing no matter who, you know, like they, you know, like, because the politics are just too big for them. Right. But as you're moving to the shield generator, you're, you, you know, like this is a, you are watching this whole thing go down. Right. You have, um, you know, you're watching, uh, the, the whole city descend into chaos because the leaders have so obviously failed everyone that nobody puts their faith in them anymore. Um, you know, you don't, they don't have supplies. They don't have food. They it just, everything is, is ruins and terrible. The only thing the city has going for it is that there's a shield generator up protecting it from, uh, you know, from the rebellion, uh, who are uh, who are going to come in? The only the good thing though is that the rebellion, right? As soon as the shields go down and the rebellion uh, move into the city, right? Take out all of the take out all of the troopers. At least the siege will be over, right? And at least these people can start getting food again. They can start getting water again. All of that kind of stuff, right? So you get all the way, you know, like you get all the way to the generator, even if any of the members of the party are feeling reluctant about blowing the generator at this point, that's fine. You can just have one of the ARC troopers kind of like do it for yeah, you, yeah. right? But make sure that most of the ARC troopers are kind of like with the party here, right? So if the party are sitting there like, guys, I don't know that we really should blow this shield generator, right? Like, I think it's, these people are just going to suffer even more under, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we should just kind of like leave it up and hope that you know, and, and try and force a holdout or do something diplomatically with the Republic to make sure these guys get their rations right. And as your party starts thinking about these kinds of things, right, like it should be very glaring that there are big problems here. You have just one of the ARC troopers go rogue, say, my orders are my orders, plant the charges, blow up the shield generator and move on sort of thing, right? right. 
This is the first major turning point because as soon as the shield generator is down and the clone troopers are now able to move into the city, they do so by slaughtering everyone, right? The order of the day isn't just, uh, uh, you know, like, it isn't just to take, take control of the city. It's to literally slaughter all of these civilians because the, uh, the, the, the orders are that these people are enemy combatants, right? That they're Confederate combatants. But the fact of the matter is that they're just untrustworthy and whatever, you know, like whatever gains the Republic nascent empire has for the people here are the, the people here are in the way of that. And they're just using this as an excuse to literally commit essentially genocide um, of these people under the kind of like under the kind of like specter of war. Right. This is also where Order 66 kicks in. Um kind of simultaneously but at the but the, the forefront here should kind of be like the you know the clone trooper slaughter of civilians hopefully you know you and your arc the arc troopers get out of this right you can kind of show that these this is where these arc troopers are breaking from things right and they head off into the cosmos kind of on their own and uh and you do the same but hypothetically this is also where you are dodging um you know you're dodging kind of jedi you know jedi hunting Right, yeah, yeah. When, when does Order 66 happen? It happens here, but it happens at the very tail end of here okay. sort of thing, right? Um, and uh, uh, this is where you are, you know, you also are being kind of replaced by, like, Imperial officers who are taking control of, um, who are, you know, like, taking control of uh, the, the clone troopers sort of thing. Like, the, the Jedi are being phased out a little bit and everything like right, that. Right. But so the idea is that because you're Jedi... Um, and your party didn't fall back in with the army as they started killing everyone. Instead, they chose to go AWOL here and leave the planet or, or you know, get out of get out of things, right? Um, they also, this is what allows them to dodge Order 66, right? Order 66 happens immediately afterwards, but because your party has already left and gone AWOL, like, the, you know, hours before it was about to go down, there are no troopers, you know, like, there are no troopers who are going to uh, be subject to Order 66 um, at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, so... so so some some things that's I guess a little bit more lore related. Is Order sixty six like a standing order that all the clone troopers knew about, or is it like a subliminal thing? I thought it was a, well. I thought it was a subli It was like a mixture of both almost, right? Like I thought it was programmed into the stormtroopers um, subliminally. You know what I mean? Like so, the lore of how the clones got created is really like messy and convoluted. But my best understanding um is that it they were done by uh so um uh god i can't remember the specifics of it but the, no, as the, far the, as the, i remember it was there's, like there's a chip in their head i'm reading the article very briefly now is it oh, okay. in their head that kind of like controls their behavior and i guess certain it just doesn't get certain people like certain troopers or whatever okay um, yeah, because my understanding is something along the lines of, like, Mace Windu's apprentice. So, you know, like, the, the, they name drop a Jedi in episode two, right? Like, oh, are you, you know, Jedi whatever? And Obi-Wan is like, no, that this Jedi has been, like, dead for years kind of thing. Um, they name drop that guy, and that guy is the apprentice of Mace Windu who turned to the dark side, um, you know, like, at some point in the kind of, like, pre-movies era or whatever. And so I always thought the implication was that, like, 
he was, you know, like one of Sidious's dudes and Sidious had him uh go and commission the clone army uh before, but I don't I don't know how I don't know how solid that lore is. It, it's, it's something like that. Apparently, so it was. So uh, the the Sith tricked the Camino, the 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 Camino Camino who like put this programming in. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the Sith the, the Sith who was in charge of this was like, oh yeah, we need this in case the Jedi go rogue, like in case there is a rogue Jedi, mm-hmm. um, or it, it is a safeguard, um, and then it got used to just murder them all. Uh, that sucks. Yep. But, um, I'm just, so, the real question here is, is if you're gone, how do you, you know, I, I guess you could find out elsewhere about how Order 66 happens. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess that's part of the setup, right? It's like, what, what, uh, how, how do you deal with, with Order 66? Because I, I feel like that's like one of the big turning points. Yeah, and, and that, and that is supposed to coincide here. But the thing I don't right. want to do is have Order 66 itself be the kind of, like, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of think that that's too obvious, almost. Um, and I want to, and I want to give, you know, like people are going to be expecting that, right? But I don't think people are going to kind of be expecting, uh, uh, you know, the the like that that kind of session, that kind of moment in the way that I in right. the way that I set it up, sort of thing, right? But so here's where they go rogue, right? Um, and uh, and they need to kind of like figure shit out, right? Here is the transitional period. And, and by the way, I think there should be a mar- like a marginal kind of like time gap a little bit um, uh, between a lot of these missions. Like time is passing, uh, and so you're giving people a lot of downtime. Like, okay, cool. Like you guys are gonna be just you know like you hang out around on Coruscant for four or five months. Uh, you know what I mean? And now yeah. you are you are back in the game, sort of thing. Anyway, um, so now you, so now your party has to figure out what they want to do uh, in order to, you know, like what like now that now they're now they're uh, fugitives from the from the law, right? Uh, the the empire, the the republic turns into the empire. All of this kind of stuff is happening, and uh, and you know you guys have a ship and and a marginal crew, and this is kind of where we get into what I was talking about before with this kind of like, uh, you know, like pirate ship smuggler right. ship kind of like fantasy for star wars we spend a ton of time here right it's an, it should be another six or seven sessions almost sort of thing in this kind of in this kind of vein right what i would like to do like like what 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 you want to do is you kind of want to layer over uh some of the stuff that came before in the second spot and the way i would structure it is this right you have your six sessions uh in the republic era like planned out and structured and you know what those things are going to be right uh and then the seventh one is when uh the massacre happens and and like that's the transitional session right um wait so 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 if if the if your missions are are gonna be before this, you only want them to go on like two or so missions. No, they go on they go on one they go on one mission per level. One mission per. So per, so 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 this lasts seven levels. Um, oh, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. And each you, mission you, you is. Said, you, you said six or seven sessions. Oh, which, I'm sorry. I yeah, meant yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, I meant uh, uh, levels. Yeah, I meant levels. Right. Okay. Um. 
And each, you know, each of those missions should be kind of like, you know, however many kind of like, like three or four, uh, whatever feels good to fit a full level in there. I mean, it's it's lower level stuff, so you're leveling pretty quick, but I think we should be leveling at a pretty like, you know, normal pace, like a, like a good, a good pace anyway. Anyway, um, so what I think you want to do is you want to, um, uh, is you want to then go back for, for setting up the second block of kind of six, right? Um, I think you want to go back to uh that like like what like what uh stuff you did before and and look at what resonated really well with the you know like what resonated really well with the players right you you cut everything you know you don't worry about the stuff that didn't get like that didn't hook players in but if there was some session that felt really good some characters that they really kind of bonded with right this is where you want to um like these are the these are the things you want to reincorporate right and i think the general structure should kind of be that maybe like you find two or three of these right that are callbacks and three of them that are just kind of new in general right um so you know, and so and and so the callbacks are things like, oh, you know, you get a, uh, you know, like you get a clandestine message or something that's like, hey, these people that you helped out are now, you know, like now getting getting fucked by the empire, um, sort of thing, and so you know, you need to return there and help them, you know, deal some, you know, uh, deal some blow to the empire that gets it off their back, you know, like that that kind of stuff, right? So you come back and you kind of want and you kind of see these, uh, you know, like these people, these places before uh you know like as as the republic right and then afterwards kind of like as the empire right um and the more and more you do this kind of stuff the more and more you get a uh you know like you get almost a reputation for being uh sort of like freedom fightery right, right. uh like like pre you know like the rebellion isn't isn't around yet obviously but uh like the pre-rebellion essentially right and so, uh, and so you do a little bit of that. That's callback, a little bit of stuff that's new work, right? Introducing new characters. I don't think you want to. I don't think you want to dig up everything that you kind of did before. I think that that would be kind of like uninteresting almost. And you do want to take advantage of like the new state of affairs to introduce things like you know, uh, you know, like a group of Han Solo smugglery smugglers, right? Who you who you befriend and work with. Um, and do the Kessel Run or something, you know what I mean? Like something yeah. along those uh, those lines. Um, because uh, otherwise I feel like you would be yeah, I, getting a little bit into like retread territory. I feel like you can kind of like have a lot of these things kind of like shaped out roughly and let the party like push this, right? Like, you know, part, what does the party want to do? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe we should throw in with the huts or whatever. And you can, you can change a lot of these adventures to kind of fit in those frameworks. Maybe we, they want to, you know, try and be like, independent smugglers right you can kind of like build up the specifics kind of in the way the 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 party wants and star wars is flexible enough for that to all kind of work which i I think is a good good opportunity to let like like a a big part of star wars games in general is is kind of like your exterior external knowledge of the universe right like yeah definitely definitely like the fact that you're playing this universe that you know and love so well and so letting the players kind of push um push kind of like how they want to do with that, um, I, I think is the right way to go, um, to, to a certain extent. Although, like my the thing that immediately pops in my mind is like, well, what if they want to work for the Empire? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, you, you could do that too. I think it would just be, you know, 
different. I, you know, I think that there's a certain sense of, uh, like, there's a certain sense that you could make something along the lines of that work. The Empire is so giant that I think it's easy to kind of get factional a little bit inside of it. You know what I mean? Um, and have kind of, like, good, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's, there's space here for a session of, like, um, stormtroopers who keep getting kind of like stormtrooper orders but they're led by somebody like maybe by somebody that you've met before right like you know like an arc trooper that you guys worked with or something like like that uh sort of thing like one of the um uh, uh or like or like you know like it's a division of clones that that you guys know and like their commanders are also a lot like arc troopers they that they have like free cognition stuff like that these are the guys with like the yellow or the orange bands um uh, and so, like, maybe there's a, a version of things where, like, you reconnect with them and, like, you, you spend a, you spend a couple of, uh, adventures, like, working with the Empire to accomplish some other goal, right? You know, like, we can all, you know, like, okay, well, now we can all agree that these people are true, like, you know, shitheads, and so we're gonna work with the Empire with some of our old friends to help solve this problem. And then, and I think that's a, that's a great place because what you can do is you can kind of get to the, um, you can see, like, what does it look like when a good person tries to work inside of the empire do you know what i mean i think that that would be a really compelling way to uh to structure things anyway um so you so you know you have six sessions of this right and uh and then once again six levels or six sessions i'm sorry six levels thank you um you have six levels of this and then once again you get to another kind of like turning point um this turning point comes from uh like from you know your arc trooper buddies um so your arc trooper buddies come back they have been uh they have been working with um they've working with they have been working with the rebellion itself right and what they did was they went back to that uh they went back to that city that got like massacred and that got like kind of like bombed out and everything like that um which turned out to be just left in ruins uh by you know like it was left in ruins by the empire because they were being relatively scorched earth about it whatever or, right. or whatever and so the and so what these arc troopers have done uh is that they have set up a rebel base on like on the city to be kind of like a trading port uh for the rebel alliance right the rebel alliance needs cash right and so what they have is they have a trading port that is um you know like it's it's out in the it's you know way out in the outer rim uh the empire doesn't care too much about it because uh you know like they pay a good they pay a certain amount of kickbacks or whatever but like you know it's it's a it is simultaneously like the kind of smugglers black market dream where you can sell all of this like illegal shit uh but it's also you know because the rebels are taking um you like because the rebels are kind of like skimming off the top almost you are uh uh, because the rebels are skimming off the top almost and feeding that money into the organization it's it's ultimately like for you know like for a good end right um and so what they're looking for uh uh and so that and so they want you and so they you know like they want you to help out with the kind of like creation and foundation of the city right from now on the city is a little bit of your home base um and so uh there and and hypothetically i would like to introduce some kind of like low level city building mechanics ish um, to kind of influence how you are, uh, you know, like how you are working, uh, you know, like working with the city sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, so if you're tracking this, um, the, oh, 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 I'm sorry. And so the, for the session itself, uh, for the, for the level itself that, 
the ARC troopers get in touch with you guys, right? Uh, like Omega and his goons. They need your help. They want your help in, uh, in, uh, in, in taking out the biggest kind of criminal competition to the black market in the city, right? Um, and, uh, and so they're, they're essentially hiring you to do that for them. And so this grouping of sessions is kind of like, a you need to topple the, the, uh, you know, the, the infrastructure that's in place for these criminals that's competing against the rebels so that the rebels can take sole control of the city, right. And get 100% of essentially the profits moving in and out of, uh, you know, like moving okay. in and out of this spot. Does that make sense? So just out of curiosity about what year do you, do you, do you anticipate this happening in? Uh, a couple, maybe three or four years before A New Hope. Before Battle BBY? Yeah. Um, all right, and so how how do we get from Order 66, which is like 19 BBY to, to now? Like, is there like a big time skip? Did I miss, did I miss something? The, the, so so there, should be, there should be time skips, like big time skips kind of between uh, between sessions. The, the, the end of the day, uh, it can kind of follow uh, you. So... The point of this, the point of this trading hub city stuff is that it happens before the Battle of Yavin. As, as long as it happens at any point before the Battle of Yavin, you guys are solid, essentially, right? Okay. Um, you know, the first couple of missions in that second phase should really be uh, transitional missions, right? Like, you're watching the transition for, like, from the Republic into the Empire. But maybe that only takes, like, two or three uh, – le I'm sorry, levels. Like, maybe that only takes, like, two or three levels to get across. And for the maybe the back half, those back three levels, right, the Empire is just the Empire, Right, that transition was incredibly like like swift and solid, uh, sort of thing. Um, and so when you get to this, which if you're keeping track, this is level fourteen, um, when you know you're going and you're rooting out the the criminal competition to the rebellion sort of thing, um, that is when you are uh, 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 that's when you're deep in you know like empire territory, and so that can be you know like that can be like. 15 years before the Battle of Yavin, right? Or 10 years or, you know what I mean? As okay, long as, yeah, it's, yeah. As, long as it's somewhere before the Battle of Yavin, right? You're basically solid and fine. Okay. I feel like you're going, like, and, and so, sorry. I assume the next thing is going to be something around, like, the age of the Rebellion, like, post-Battle of Yavin before the destruction of the second, second Death Star? Uh, not actually as much as you think. Okay, right. so what happens is, you know, so you you take out the animal, you take out this criminal competition, right? Um, you are now in, and and now you're kind of inside, you know, like now you're kind of like inside of the city, inside of like the city infrastructure, or whatever. Um, uh, and they're asking for like your kind of help. Um, and the point is that you've spent the previous fifteen, you know, levels ish making enough alliances and meeting enough people over the course of the thing that you actually have a lot of really great options, right? Um, for bringing people, you know, like giving people a safe haven away from, uh, you know, like away from the empire and helping put their efforts, right, towards the rebellion, right? So your last couple of levels here, right, which is probably four, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, right, um, is going out and and is going out and getting you know people that you have already met with and seen before and pulling them back into you know and pulling them back into the city with the arc troopers uh, and the rebellion right uh, and this is almost a, this is a little bit of like a greatest hits sort of thing right or just you know like whatever you want you know like 
uh, anybody, anybody that any, like anything that anybody has been interested in or is is connected to, right? You want to go out and you want to and grab them and pull them in. Um, you don't need to split up. You don't need to do. Uh, levels here you can actually spread this over sessions if you want and just kind of have like small sessions that are getting a ton of different people that you've that you've met before and bringing them all uh or you but or you can kind of focus in and get the most you know like the most crucial four people right and stick to the same and stick to the same kind of structure but the idea is you know you're going out and you're getting uh you know like the people you like the people that you trust the people that you've worked with before uh and you're bringing them back to this city as a safe haven um, you know, and, and to help them work, uh, work towards, uh, the, uh, uh, and, to, and like, and to help them like work towards saving, uh, you know, saving the, uh, like the, the, the get, giving, giving the rebels cash so that they can like, they can fight, uh, and do, you know, rogue one kind of level, uh, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Okay. And then the 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 last three levels, um, which would or the last two levels, which would be nineteen and twenty, right? Um, this is where the empire's cutting on. They understand now that this place is a huge, you know, money making extravaganza for uh, 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 for the rebellion. Um, and so they land on the planet in full force, right? Star destroyers bombarding everything, right? Um, and they're and they're and they're attacking the city and they're laying siege to the city, right? In order to protect the city, you do what the city did to to thwart the Republic, right? Which is activate these these giant, super powerful special shield generators to keep them at bay, right? Um, but the tension here is kind of how long do you let the shield generators like like last? You know what I mean? Like what what is your out? Are you waiting for the rebellion to? Uh, you know, like come, come fight this battle here and relieve the city. Um, and the tension really should be about that, right? It should be very hopeful that you could activate the shields and wait for reinforcements um, uh, and wait for the rebellion to come like reinforce this location. Um, but the, uh, 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 but what, but what ends up happening uh, is as like as the like the longer the shield generator is up the more the empire is able to just flood this pace place with like troops and starships and just you know everything uh and everything like that and so eventually you know you guys get a you get a transmission it's from the rebellion they say you know maybe if, if you're if you're really cool here and you want to do like a princess leia thing i think this is like the appropriate point here and you and the and the rebellion says you know like i'm sorry it would just cost too much uh and, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to come, like, we're not going to be able to come relieve you, right? I think it's important here that you don't frame this as a negative thing for the rebellion, right? It's not like the rebellion is abandoning you, right? It's that it's, it's, it is literally just that this fight is so hard that asking the rebellion to make that kind of a sacrifice on your behalf is just too taxing and... You know they're not in there. They're they are just going to be unable to do that. You know, like they are going to be unable to do that thing. Um, essentially, if you want to structure, like if you trust your party to kind of go this way, you can actually leave the choice up to them, right? And say like, listen, if you want us to come relieve you, we will, right? But we have to come with the full force of our fleet, um, and uh, uh, 
you know, like, and we don't, you know, and like, and if this, if it goes south, if we lose this fight, the rebellion is doomed forever with the kind of expectation that the party says something along the lines of like, you know what, we're ready to make this sacrifice. You know what I mean? We're like, we're ready to give ourselves, uh, you know, for, for like the, the, the greater end of the universe sort of thing. Right. Um, and then however the party wants to handle this kind of thing going forward, they, they can, right? I'm, I'm sure there's a version of things where they give, you know, one of the party members gives a really, you know, uh, inspiring speech that's something along the lines of, like, the the Empire are at our doorstep and we are going to starve and, and you know, help isn't coming, right? We are going to starve and die if we keep this shield up. But we can bring the shield down and take as many of the bastards with us, um... And, you know, like, as many of you who want to fight against the, the oppression of the Empire kind of thing, like, take up arms with me, that, like, that kind of stuff. And then the, and so, and so the idea is the shield gets lowered, right? And it is just a, a knockdown, drag out slog to just, like, fight and kill as many stormtroopers, right? This is, this is a little bit like, like, uh, like, uh, the end of Halo Reach, right? You just want to kill as many motherfucking dudes as you can, destroy as much tech, you know, like, take out as many, uh, as many, um, uh, uh, you know, like, take out as many AT-ATs, ATSTs, destroy Star Destroyers, right? Protect, you know, big, like, planet-side cannons that are firing into space, right? All of this kind of stuff, right? Um, you want to you wanna flavor all of this with as many missions as possible, but the end result is um, that... Uh, people are going to start, you know, like, people are going to start dying, right? You can throw tons, uh, tons of stuff on... Uh, uh, at at everyone, and at first it's just you know NPCs, right? Omega dies, right? One of the, you know like the some of the people that you've brought to the city die. This is all this is all very tragic sort of thing, but everybody's going out in kind of like la like like last hurrahs almost. Um, and uh, uh, and eventually PCs start dying, right? And uh, like you know, and so like a PC will die. Um, and uh, and and we'll just keep, and you know like they'll keep going and then another PC will guy and they'll keep going sort of thing and maybe once you kind of like I don't think you can really support this with like one person left right sort of thing um, but I think that there's something to be said for um, uh, you know the slow bleeding out the party. Uh, in this way another way that you could structure this kind of thing is have the pcs kind of take like one last like super daring mission right they all get in their old freighter and they make up and they gun it for you know the star destroyer who's deploying uh you know like who's deploying like ships and everything like that and the ship gets super fucked but they make it into the you know like they make it into the bay or whatever and they and they make it all the way to the reactor of the star destroyer and plant some charges and the reactor blows up uh and it doesn't save you know like it doesn't save the city it's just one star destroyer of like a dozen sort of thing but it's the it's like the last hurrah of the party and then and then the whole party you know like the whole party is dead that's how that's how the whole thing uh that's how the whole thing ends and that's my that's my pitch for a star wars campaign mm. okay so uh <laughs> Uh, so, so like everybody a worst dies. Rogue one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I mean it is. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, Rogue one, maybe. Um, but so, what? What's your plan if the party's like, uh, we're gonna go and just like you know like, pieces out from the city. Yeah, like, and are not and are just like not good people. Yeah, they just, you know jump to light speed. 
Or at least some like some portion of the party is just like, hey, you know what? Uh, let's jump to light speed and uh, figure out how to help the rebellion from there. Or, you know, become, you know, so disillusioned with the, you know, you, you can play that out. But do you think that's an acceptable end? Like, some people get away and you just kind of play out, like, maybe as, like, a denouement, like... What the uh, what, uh, how they how they feel like maybe disillusioned maybe uh, I actually think that there's something like that that is uh, you know what I mean like maybe you do maybe you do want to commit to a kind of like super suicide run to attack the um like you if, if your super suicide run that attacks the star destroyer right but you leave an out for a couple of people for people if they want to take the out you know what i mean like maybe somebody has to die like one or two people have to stay behind because you know like they have to detonate the charges oh excuse me they have to detonate the charges kind of thing right but um, what, what if the what if the party doesn't bite right what if the, like like how how do you like you know let's say you successfully like pitch like you know you, you lob this, like, you could go take out one of these Star Destroyers. And they're like, oh, or we could go to the left and just, like, run away. Um, like, I, I, I feel like, I feel like the, the you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you've got the players who are all, like, playing uh, super noble types that are like, yeah, let's, let's, let's fucking crash this thing. Maybe some of them don't, though. Maybe, like... Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, I see what you're saying. Maybe some of them don't. Like, maybe the Jedi wants to to, to charge the ship, but everybody else is like, you know what? Not worth it to me. And then they, and they just jump. Like, I, I don't think that's a bad end to the campaign either, right? Like, you know, like, just like, it's 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 still a dark ending, and those, those characters can, like, I don't, I don't think those characters need to die in order for this campaign to end. Uh, yeah, I think that's – well, I kind of think that it is in a certain sense. Um, I think a version of things where they just, like, gun it sucks. Yeah, but that's it's also kind of like at some point you've got to let the players choose what they're doing. Otherwise, you might as well just be, like, reading them a book. Uh, that's true. Um So yeah, I mean, I guess the players can just choose the worst ending. That's fine. I I think I think it works as long as you know, like I think the ending works as long as you know, like some people are kind of like willing to kind of like bite down a little bit on it. You know what I mean? Like if like your super noble Jedi is is willing to kind of like go down, uh, go down with the ship sort of thing. I think that I think that that's cool. That's awesome. Um, but uh, uh, like I think if the whole party is just like. Nah, dude, we're gonna peace. I think that's a little shitty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, but like you know, that you know, that's I, I don't think that's like an invalid interpretation of like the rebellion, right? You know, like run away, live to fight another day. Um, like I can, I can imagine a version of this where the Jedi's like, no, we need to go take down that star destroyer, and like the the you know the 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 Han Solo guy like shoots him in the back of the head with a stun gun. You know, like with set to stun, it's like he'll think it. He'll thank us later, and you just well. So well. So the idea is that it's very. It would be practically impossible to escape from the okay. city. You know what I mean? Like if you get inside of your ship and they're just like, well, we're just gonna get out of here. Well, I'll fucking hyperdrive. No, you're gonna get destroyed. You're gonna get absolutely destroyed sure. by uh, you know, like a million star destroyers, sort of thing. Um, but uh, but I think a version of things where it's like, okay, we're going, we're all going to kind of commit, you know, like we're all going to die. We're going to commit to this, 
suicide network um almost kind of uh or sorry this 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 suicide plan right um we are uh uh so we're so we're going to commit to the suicide plan we're going to um you know like go into the star destroyer and everything like that but then leaving it out that says you know some people have to die here but not everyone does kind of thing and you know you can get into this you know like you can get into this like shuttle freighter or whatever and now you're you know and you know now you have all of these imperial passcodes kind of thing and you can get past it right uh but like you know that but that's not but that's not it um but but like only but only a couple of people can can like take that out. I think that that works. I think that that works fine. I think that that's mm. that's that's a good one. Um, I don't know. I, I think this campaign works regardless. I, I I think I think ultimately you have to leave those kinds of things up to the players, right? Like, because my immediate reaction to this is like they take down the shield generators, but they're like this sounds this sounds like Hoth, right? And Hoth, the whole thing was is that they, they you know like. It was people working distraction while other people got out, right? Like it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a big kind of like escape run, past the uh, past. So the, the advantage, that, so the advantage that Hoth had is one uh, that there were ion cannons, um, right. And two, the idea. Um, so this is why I kind of want the whole. Well, so first of all, to kind of like mirror the first bit, um, but like this is why the the siege thing like like works. If they put up the shield and wait for reinforcements and that gives the empire time to bring in more ships and everything like that, right? Now all of a sudden because they have made this, you know, like because they have chosen to kind of like hold out and the rebellion isn't coming through for them, right? The, they're not they're not facing down one star destroyer, they're facing down like eight or you know whatever the number sure. is kind of thing. And so and, you know, and so the idea to get out of to get out of things from there is just practically, you know, like practically impossible. Well, so so what? What if every? What if the party is like, well, we need to like, you know, like the fact that this is happening, we're not going to fight. Like, like instead of trying to hold out, they just immediately try and like, ev like they they try and evacuate. Like everyone tries tries to flee. Yeah. At once. Yeah, like like in like I mean it's like that's the, a pretty bad you know like that's a pretty fair tor interpretation of things I guess you know what uh, I mean. The empire's here. Well, I guess this is fucked. Let's go. Right, like yeah, I mean that, that's I how the rebellion works in the movies, right? Like every time the empire shows up, just like well, time to go, uh, and then they try and regroup later. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, I think another thing that that uh, would work there is you know like everyone, um, uh, uh, every everyone is like flying, everyone is like flying out, sort of thing. Um, but what you allow, but what happens to the players is they take some fire and it damages their hyperdrive sort of thing. And so they have to divert into the, you know, like, you're like, they can't, so now they can't get out. You know what I mean? Uh, they can still fly and everything like that, but they kind of have to make a new decision on the fly. And so maybe that's them saying, well, let's just fucking like bomb a star destroyer and like hope for the best kind of thing. Um, like, I think that's a, that's a very valid interpretation. I think that's a very valid interpretation of things. I think it's an anti-climax if you let them get out scot-free, right? Because now they're all, you know, like they're all level 20 and the story is still begging, you know, like the story is kind of like begging to be told. There's not a lot of finality to it in that instance. Um, and maybe, you know, and, and hell, maybe you want to, you know, like maybe you want to take it from there kind of thing. Um, Sure, but I mean, I, I don't know. It, it but a version of things where the party breaks up at the, you know, like at the very end of the campaign because many of them die, uh, is to me is to me the the best way to get that finality, right? Sure, I I, I get that. It's just there's there's a bit to me where it's like 
at some point you like you know at some point the players are, are going to go off the rails because you know they're like not because they're malicious or anything but they they're you know they're doing what they want to do and uh, I don't know I, I I think this works regardless I, I think this all kind of works works together um I, I think you can you can end this campaign in, in like w without necessarily forcing them in, into a suicide run um I just be a dark ending right like uh like you know like a all everything you built fell apart and you you got out with your lives but you know everything's fucked um I think this works better if it's like if it's like a 15 BBY rather than like a 5 BBY um so that like you know like the the, the meta knowledge of the players is like well you know none of this even like comes to like a uh, like the empire kicks ass until you know in, until the battle of Yavin right um I think that works as kind of like a story as well. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about I was thinking about that kind of thing. Um, but something I wanted to make I wanted to keep this as far from the movie's specific canon as possible. Like I didn't want this to kind of be like a greatest hits version of a game where like sure, but you, know, you, you, like, you can't you can't ignore that, right? Like, like the players are going to know that. You know the 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 Death Star gets destroyed in uh, in zero BBY or zero sure. ABY, yeah. right? Like that, like that's that's what happens, and everybody's going to know that, or at least most people are going to know that. And especially given that, like, I don't even know if there's another calendar system you can use to kind of like, cause pe like people are going to ask that question, being like, "Oh, you don't know what year it is." It's like not not a real answer to that question. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think I think this is actually one of the challenges of running a Star Wars game is you have like there there are points in time that people where, where important things happen that people will know will happen. Well, I so I think there's also a, another campaign somewhere that's about subverting that. You know what I mean? Like a version of the campaign where the first Death Star doesn't get destroyed, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo die. You know what I mean? Like uh, the the base on the base on Yavin is is destroyed, right? Like that would be legit. You know what I mean? I would fucking I, I would love to play that game, and I feel like people would get like really into it in a certain sense. I think you have to warn them ahead of time. This is alternate universe Star Wars. Like I place like if I'm playing a Star Wars game, it's because I want to play Star Wars, right? Like I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're sure, but that doesn't necessarily mean the. Uh, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything works out. You know. In the exact in the exact same way, I think it and does. I, I actually I, I, I actually I, think, I think dude, I actually really disagree with you there. I think springing that on players would be legit. I mean, maybe they would be pissed or whatever, but I I I, I think there are also plenty of players who are just like, oh shit, this is different. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a that's a cool engaging thing for certain players too. But, but that's I I don't like. I don't think you can rely on that. I, I think you need to, like, I think this needs to be a conversation that happens with your players. Like, I think... Oh, know, I don't think that's true at all, dude. I you know, think it absolutely has to. Otherwise, I don't want to play Star Wars. Like, if you're going to change what happens in Star Wars, then I don't want to play Star Wars. I want to go play so in, so, so, so in, in, in a version of the game, in a version of the game... I, I What? That's crazy talk, right? No, the it's specific not. Even, no, it, no, the specific events of the movie are not Star Wars, right? People want to play this universe. They want to play Jedi. They want to play... You know what I mean? They want to play blasters and stormtroopers and, and, you know, the Empire and everything like that. But a version of the game where the Rebellion loses and you go off... Off the historical rails of the movie is not it's not all of a sudden not Star Wars this whole pitch that I've set out for you right we that this 
could end with th th this whole thing could end right in in a in a version where the battle of yavin is lost and it changes nothing off screen you know what i mean because it's so far and the, the stuff that's but happening the, in the, the movies the, is so far right, in the background and that's why that's why that's why you throw everything so far off screen so that you don't have to change anything about the movies because like you, the reason you play star wars is cuz you want you like like these touchstones are like what makes this all so meaningful right like you like you know this campaign doesn't work if Order sixty six doesn't happen, right? Like if, if the fall if the fall of the Empire doesn't happen, right? Like, you know, you could play a game where the parties like if if the events of the of the the you know the movies aren't set in stone, right? Like, then the party goes and assassinates Jar Jar Binks, and you know the he never there's never a loss of vote of power for Palpatine and the Empire, and the Republic never falls. Right. I, to be honest with you, I think that that's actually, I think that that's, that's practically compelling and that you could make, and you can make a great right. game out of that. Yeah, but, but I don't, but I don't players think, know about but, it but, here, but my point is, my point is, is if the Battle of Yavin is so far off screen, what happens in it doesn't matter, right? And you can, you can have it be a win or a loss, you know what I mean? It, it, that, that. That's the point of it being so far. That's the point of it being so far off screen and so far removed, right? Listen, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell players. Okay, we're all sitting so, down to play Star so, Wars, so but none of you can play the Jedi. Yavin. The Jedi don't exist, right? That that is not a version of Star Wars that I think people want to play because that's denying them access to a part of the world, right? But if the, to, if the rewriting of... rewriting specific events in the movies right that's perfectly fine i disagree entirely and if the battle of the oven is so far off screen that changing it doesn't matter then changing it shouldn't happen because it's not important and like if you change if the battle of the oven is so far off screen you can get away with making it like a loss and it has no impact on the party then changing it is, is pointless and and actively you know like don't fix it don't uh fix it if it ain't broken type levels like i like I th I don't think I think that like I think I think that there is a version of this game where if you're playing so like let's 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 like just three minute quick pitch me right okay you're playing a version of the game where you where you all start out as smugglers but you get indoctrinated into you know like you get indoctrinated into uh uh the rebellion and maybe halfway through that game you're participant you know like what so, you know whatever is happening and uh, and you're uh and you know like you're participating. Uh, so kind of, you know, like kind of, sort of in the Battle of Yavin, right? So you're participating in the Battle of Yavin, and uh, it all goes to shit. The Millennium Falcon gets destroyed. Luke Skywalker gets destroyed, sort of thing. The base starts, you know, like the base on Yavin starts to evacuate or whatever, um, and uh, and then Yavin Four itself, uh, then Yavin Four itself gets destroyed. I think that game where you are specifically working within the bounds you're like you are specifically making comment on the movies or whatever that's such an awesome plot twist i can't it could be mad it's not be mad if that you is not be an awesome plot twist it is an awesome are, plot twist no, yes, not if the players because, aren't expecting like the, yeah yeah that's why point. it's a twist because the players aren't expecting it because you're throwing a huge curveball they think oh i know luke skywalker they think they're and playing Huttel star wars destroy, but they're playing destroy. buddy's fan fiction like this is not like like yeah that's exactly what they're playing i don't want to play the battle of yavin if you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to play an alternate universe Star Wars. Not if I gets, don't know that, that it's alternate universe Star Wars right? going into it. 
It, that, that's what makes it so cool. No, it's that's the what idea makes that, it so terrible. The idea that and nothing you ever want to do. The numbers, that you're just that you're just walking down the same path. That you don't have to four. walk down the same path. That's why you play things that don't happen in the universe. This is yeah, kind of, but if like, you're going to, if you're going to, angry events in the universe, and if you want to change those, then I don't think people play Star Wars for the specific narrative events of those movies. Right. This is the point I'm trying to make. The narrative events of those movies are not expected. Are not the world. The way building, they do. And I think you can alter aspects of the world building of Star Wars in order to make an interesting and cool campaign. And saying to somebody, the Battle of Yavin was a failure and the Rebellion is dead. Right? I think that's an awesome, awesome, cool thing. If that's the premise do. of the campaign, not, it, not if it's the pre- I think if you do that halfway through a campaign, that is just as cool. I think that there are plenty of people out there. There are plenty of people out there that would be really energized by that kind of plot twist. Because, like, when you walk into when you walk into the game and you know you're doing and you know you're doing Yavin Four, there's no danger, right? There's no there's no stakes to think. You know how this ends, right? You are literally putting the PCs on a track that they know better than any. Uh, this isn't just a matter of like a story being predictable, right? Like, oh, you know, like we're going to defeat the big bad in the end right no this is literally you saying right we are going we are going to 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 splash mountain and it is it is a it is a theme park ride and you cannot affect the 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 there is no effect uh on the outcome of any of these events right darth vader is going to you know throw throw the emperor down a big tube uh, at the Battle of Endor, you know what I mean? Like, The Force Awakens is going to happen. No. But if you subvert that for the players, I think that that's an engaging experience. That's my, that's my, that's my closing argument for this. Yeah, I, I think, I think if you're, if you're going to be playing a Star Wars game, you are playing Star Wars because you like Star Wars, and part of, a big part of Star Wars is the way that the events play out in the movie. And the way that you avoid these problems is you keep everything away from it, and you only play an alternate universe Star Wars if you let the, if you warn people that we're playing you know that things don't have to ha- happen the same as they happen in Star Wars. I think otherwise, like th- there's just too much baggage there, and that's bringing that on players is not a great idea. Like I think, I think there are players. I agree with you. There are players that would appreciate it, but I think the risk of alienating other players is not worth the risk, uh, with, without discussing it ahead of time. So uh, for your listeners at home, uh, we lost a bunch of our tracks, and we had to recover from a backup. So uh, enjoy the rest of the show in shitty quality. Anyway, so I didn't hear your pitch, but I guess you recorded it. Yeah. Uh, so let's just move on to weeks. Um, I guess. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. Out of the podcast in a long time. Oh, yeah, we get to a fever pitch and then everything fucking breaks. God damn it. That's funny. Uh, anyway, do you want do you want to intro back in? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Fucking yeah. <laughs> Welcome back everybody. <laughs> we dropped a ton of that last bit, so you know, who knows what Buddy heard me yell about and you know, we're just gonna go into weeks. We'll now. we'll let we'll let you decide right in, right in yes. with your opinion on whether or not it's okay to alter the events of Star Wars uh and, and to, as like a uh like like not 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 announced to the players, right? Yeah. Um uh is the point uh anyway <sighs> fuck weeks uh what do we do do we play hell's rebels since our last podcast we did and by play hell's rebels you mean we uh 
Oh, right. We just sat down and, and we like ironed out that agreement. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I had hoped that we would be able to do all of that in one. Um, but you guys were not <laughs> you guys were uh 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 and i'm not i'm not sorry i'm not blaming you or anything along those lines um the uh i think that the um i'd like so okay <laughs> uh i th i think that there's not a lot to talk about i guess because this this whole part it's really just kind of an add-on to what went on you know like last week right you guys doing politics negotiation stuff actually yeah. sitting down with uh you know uh actually sitting down with Electra Fortinex and coming, you know, coming to an agreement. To, how did you feel about that, like, that agreement that you guys reached? Uh, the, the, the only thing that bothered me was, like, I I could have sworn that we checked that, like, that, that like, Knight's Bay was, 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 uh, was, was, um, tenable for development before we, like, wrote that down as, like, what our pitch was, and this, that kind of not working out, like, kind of fucked Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, so so the idea is that yes, it is tenable for development. It's just really expensive. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but uh, I talked to Rakax yesterday um, about how, what he thought of all this, just because you know he's mm -hmm. he doesn't always get the most involved in, in these discussions. Is you see the, the way he put it, he's like, I like the politics, but like when you get when you get down to like these like nitty gritty percentage numbers, he kind of disengages. Gotcha. Um, um uh, he he also let me know the. You said that that you felt bad that he, you uh, stopped him from raiding. That you said that you felt bad that he stopped him from raiding, but apparently he was raiding anyway, just like because he knew that this was all stuff he didn't care about. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, like that, that seems about okay, right? Like that seems like that's not a huge deal given given what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I like the nitty gritty, but you know maybe this is a thing that we we. If we ever we hit these sections again, maybe, maybe we we set aside like some other way to do this that we don't that we don't take up everybody's time. Yeah, I think it's important to uh you know because obviously a lot of these factions are tailored to you guys specifically. Like I I don't think it really bothers me with this one because it is obviously a faction for like specifically made for Alaric, and I'm pretty sure that Charles also liked the nitty gritty. But I think that's good feedback because it means that like when we get around to doing stuff with Enoch or whatever um or whatever you know like whatever faction uh you know like whatever politics are for kind of recax it allows it it gives me the information i need in order to keep things big picture and not worry too much about you know like too much about the the details right, right, right. at that point it's just about making sure that like we don't get caught up in that stuff and we uh uh and we let it go without too much trouble yeah no that, that, that makes sense well, otherwise i enjoyed it because i enjoy this stuff um uh but yeah uh that was yep nothing Nothing, nothing new. Shit, I guess. Um, I don't know. What games have you been playing? Um, I've been playing an absolute ass ton of Pilot Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, shit, uh, me too. Shit, we haven't talked about this, have we? No, so we're going to do our own... We're going to yeah, do a full gonna, episode on we're this. We're going to do a full episode on this later. Um, uh, but just just to give, put it in a little bit of perspective, um, last episode I think I had maybe like 10 hours in the game. Um, now I have 50 hours, so you know. I've been I've been putting a lot of time into it. It's just been it's been great. I really uh, do I really do enjoy it. It's in a in a small way, it's actually kind of like a um 
it's a little bit of the same like the thing that appeals to me about uh, about PUBG is a little bit of the same stuff that appeals to me about Payday because of like the attachments and everything like that I guess um I don't know that's that was just something that I was uh that was just something that I was thinking about was how like the way that I get that I the way that I get attached to certain like guns and certain weapons and finding certain attachments or whatever is the same kind of thing that 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 gets me into uh 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 is the same sort of thing that gets me into um, Payday a lot of the times. Because I really like, you know, like, I really like all the different attachments that you can have on your guns in Payday and all of that kind of stuff. And, like, making the guns perform on in different ways. All that stuff I find super neat and interesting. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I've, I've just been, I've, I've fallen in love with the concept. I don't think there's anything else I can really say about it other than it's great. Uh And we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, we um, will. That's true. Um uh, so have you? So you haven't been playing anything else? I mean, I've played some Dead Cells and some Civ Six, but you know I've talked about those previous weeks. Do nothing really new there. Um, Steam sale is on. I bought Beyond Good and Evil One because they announced oh, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil Two at E3. I haven't played it yet. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing else to really talk to 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 talk about. Uh, what about you? shit that's a good question so uh so this is gaming related more than it is uh uh more than it is like a game that i've been playing but i'm sitting right next to my first desktop pc ever my uh like i'm tip you know like for all like of college and everything like i was a laptop guy uh but like uh i you know i knew obviously i'm super into i'm obviously super into gaming and i like it and everything like that and i'm a big fan of the pc master race uh and everything like that so i was like you know what i'm gonna put the time and effort into making like a super powerful pc so i have the um you know just to give people some quick specs i have a gtx 1080 ti which is like the super powerful 11 gigabytes of of dedicated ram you know uh, super strong graphics card. I got, uh, but basically a lot of the stuff that I've gotten is MSI. Cause I really like MSI as a, uh, like as a manufacturer, like my, my tent. I am I am very interested in the uh, in the, in the prospect of having like a truly truly powerful you know like powerful machine right uh, the laptop that I've been using for the past four years uh, which by the way has been awesome it's also an MSI laptop or whatever um, uh, you know like there's just like. It, it, it is not something that can sustain the kind of mega powerful gaming, uh, especially for things like like Total War, Warhammer. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to play that on max settings, right? I can't even play World of Warcraft on max settings anymore, um, mostly because my processor isn't good enough. Um, but uh, I don't know. Have you, so I know you have a so so I know you have like a desktop. How do you feel about like desktop versus laptop versus kind of like console stuff when it comes to like gaming and everything like that? I play, uh, the only thing I play on consoles or what I can't play on my PC, I have been, built. I have had a desktop that I have built for like, I guess it's 10 years now. Wow. Um, uh, it has changed. In fact, it did almost a complete rebuild last summer. Um, Do you but, ship, you ship of, uh, Theseus did? Well, I, ship, <laughs> I ship of Theseus did for a long, t- for a while. And then like last August, I basically built one from scratch. It has a couple things that are the same, but, um, like over the ten years that I had my first computer, it was you know slowly replacing all the parts in it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I made uh, uh, the big thing was I made a jump from AMD to uh, Intel because Intel for a very long time had the better chips. Although that might not be true anymore, just as you know I fucking 
I'm I'm mad because it might not be uh, the it might have it might have it might have been to my advantage to stick with AMD, but we'll see how that. Oh goes. really? Why why would it have been to your advantage? Um, so the newest processors are not performing great, and then I think AMD has some interesting things on the horizon that people are talking oh, about. Oh, that's you know that's actually true. You know, it's funny. Uh, front of the cast, uh, front of the pod, uh, Barry is really into this stuff, and I see him tweet about it all the time. And he was yeah. talking about like the the AMD stuff. Do you feel do you feel like hamstrung by your processor in in spots at all? No, no, no. I like. I I have always kind of been like, um, you know, like 80, 85% power, like 85% of like the maximum because that's like where you hit like a reasonable price point, right? Like mm-hmm. I have – the, the dollars per power you gain just kind of like it, it kind of bellends really hard. Like it, it grows, what did I guess be exponentially as you hit like the very top end. So I'm, I've always been content with like the, like just below that point. Right. Um. And so that's that's where the area that I kind of live in. It lets me run everything at like high settings, maybe not max settings, but I'm happy with it. Um, and so you know, there's not much else to say about it. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I yeah I I it's something that I find very uh it's it's something that I find uh you know like interesting and engaging um to see how people think about and talk about consoles uh and 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 PCs and everything like that because actually you know like. So people will always say, "Oh, you can you can buy a, buy a pretty good gaming PC for the amount of co- you know for the amount it costs to, to buy a console," which I frankly think is bullshit. It's um, not. You can you can buy you can get a really nice PC like like at that five hundred dollar range, you can get a really decent PC. The big the biggest things there are that like you you have to pay for a monitor, but you have to do that for a console anyway, right? Like the console doesn't come with the monitor. Um. So. Uh, I think that is, uh, I don't know how to put that, this any other way. I think that's kind of like not true. Um, so here's, here's what I think consoles do. Here's what I think consoles do. Um, in a lot of cases, um, uh, though it has been trending downwards from this, which is just kind of like collect all of these kind of parts into a convenient package that can be like undersold on its like on its price sort of thing. So at a price point of five hundred dollars, I think it's more efficient to buy a console than it is to That's, to. The, the, uh, you're just not looking in the right places for things. Like you can definitely get a a, a very powerful PC for five hundred. It, it's not going to run everything at extreme settings, but neither is a console. Um, you're not going to get Yeah, but everything on a console is optimized for the console and you don't get that benefit with the PC. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like the cons everything on the console, first of all that's not even true anymore. Everything on the console is kind of put together and now software they're just kind of like shitty computers at this point, right? Like maybe in the GameCube generation that was more true. Um but like and maybe like on launch day your Xbox One is more powerful than your five hundred dollars. That's fair. I I definitely agree with you that I that it trends downward pretty quickly over. Uh, it trends downward pretty quick, quickly yeah. over time. Like I um, think on launch, the Xbox One X will be more powerful than a PC of the same price. I think six months later it won't be. Um, maybe it's oof. got a little bit a little bit more time than that, but like. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because well, yeah, I, I, to me, it comes down a little. I, I bet the 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 range of for time is probably more like a year. Maybe a year plus, you know, like maybe a year plus was older, you know, like I think that that might be uh, like when I bought my Xbox 360, which was like the black slim version of it or whatever, um, that was like right as that Xbox kind of like uh, uh, that got announced and put on the market. And that thing was like 
250 bucks or something you know what i mean like plus yeah like plus whatever game i got with it that i can't remember what it was i think i got it was like fallout or something oh no you know what it was it was dead space i got dead space 2 with it for free i think those kinds of like when you get to those kinds of price point bundles or whatever um you're you you... i think i think it also is is kind of like how you do the calculation right like you need a computer right like it's not like you're buying a console and then just not buying a computer um I, I think like I think I think a lot of that calculation comes into like you know if you instead of getting like you know a a a dirt book laptop right like you know like a hundred dollar Acer laptop that can barely run Excel you get like you take the money you would you would spend on a console and get like a slightly more performant laptop you kind of get into those into those kind of ranges. Um. um uh. So having been a a patron of those kinds of laptops for a long time um most so the thing that so the thing that those laptops can never do is play things cutting is like cutting edge. you get you get outpaced by system requirements really quickly uh on laptops like that um because that's exactly i mean that's exactly what it was like for me in college was you know like i would go buy like a used laptop for like you know a couple hundred bucks sort of thing um and it just wasn't very you know like it just it just uh, and like the laptop was good it did schoolwork sort of things but like you know now all of a sudden you're getting you're getting kind of kicked to the curb by anything on steam um just because or like you have to run things on just like potato potato potatoes okay in order to in order to kind of like in order to kind of get there or whatever and so it was a very it was a very realistic alternative for me to make as a you know like as a cheap college student who didn't have a ton of cash to go out and buy an xbox 360 to like and so the other thing i did is i i, I bought an xbox 360 and a gamefly subscription and this is how i played basically every game of that generation that i ended up playing you know what i mean is i would game fly them in and play them on my uh and play them on my xbox and i think for that kind of for that kind of way uh to doing things uh it worked out uh like it worked out pretty well and i think that that is the that is kind of the um not like ideal uh but i think that's kind of the realm at which consoles have been operating at um and that's their and that's their value um i suppose uh outside of kind of like exclusives and you know and shit like that that said i absolutely agree with you that i think that this gap is shrinking and it will probably continue to shrink until they decide to put you know i don't really know what i i really have no idea what 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 will have what consoles of the future will look like like i have a feeling that like i don't know i've been saying for a long time i said i've said on the cast that i thought that microsoft was going to try and become a competitor pc market to to steam uh with like an xbox application for your pc but that just doesn't seem to be the case like that doesn't I mean, seem to be what trying to do it right like that's what this windows story is it's terrible it's a piece of shit and no one wants yeah. it but like you know the, the the new thing where like you buy it once and you get it on your xbox one and on your um and on your on the windows store is definitely a push for that yeah, I mean, and um, I think that that's I think that's valuable uh, because I don't think consoles will last forever. Um, well, no, no, I, no. I do think they're trying to the position the Xbox One X is like the like I, I think it's supposed to be the console for people who use Macs, like straight <laughs> up, like like they want yeah. a high end gaming experience, but they don't want to build they don't want to build a high end PC because they have a MacBook instead of a instead of a, a high powered PC um and so and that are like you know you know like if you know 
is as the gaming population ages, right? Like maybe I've got a vacation house somewhere that I don't want drag my desktop to, but I like to game when I'm on vacation. Maybe that's what the Xbox One X is for. Um, but yeah, uh, PS4 I think has PS4 like the 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 PlayStation I think mm. has longer legs to it because I don't people in Japan don't game as much on PC by report. Um, and like they've kind of, and they also still like hold a bunch of exclusives that don't ever come to PC. Yep. And uh, probably, and you know, and uh, you know, I'll, nobody, nobody in Japan plays the Xbox either. But um, I think, I think Sony's just gonna keep cruising on that. Is kind of Sony and you know Nintendo's itch is like just Nintendo has been trying to just be like the weird thing for like three generations now, and it's worked very. It worked for the Wii, didn't work for the Wii U, and it looks like it's working for the Switch. Right, like ultra portable, nice gaming that you can seamlessly transfer into a living room experience. A lot of party games, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that uh, as much as I, sh- you know, I have to say, Nintendo has been getting a lot of goodwill from me, or not goodwill, but like I, I am, I am much nicer to Nintendo than I normally am, um, because I think that that is where Nintendo works best, and I think that that's. Uh, uh, a, a good, you know, like that, that, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I always kind of wonder if there is, if there is any kind of way that anybody could, uh, compete with them on, on that front, uh, when it comes to the, uh, God, you, you know, what, do, do, do you know what I mean? I think so. I, I mean, I think it's like they've tried, like, um, both Xbox and PS4 went tried tried the motion thing, you know, the connect and the um That's and true. the move. And the PlayStation is managing to kind of like shuffle that into VR. And I think they're they're trying to hit up places like the kind of like cheapest entry point for VR, which I think they'll 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 hit that. And if if VR blows up, I think that'll be good for them. Yeah, I'm um, still very I'm still very not on board with VR blowing up. It's everyone seems to think it will, and in a weird way, I kind of think that like, um, there's almost like it's it's a little bit of like a where there's smoke there's fire kind of thing. Like there's a lot of smoke being generated by the press and by uh, you know like gaming companies and everything like that. Like the graphics card I bought had a big thing on it that says VR ready, ready or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was and I'm kind of like, well, I don't really give a shit about VR, but like maybe at some point I yeah. you know like I will. I don't know. I think VR is actually a really cool experience. Like I, I have, I have a dev kit of the Oculus, oh. and I, I fuck around with my 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 phone. The Pixel has the I came with the Daydream VR bit on it, and that's cool to, to screw around with. And I think it it does have the opportunity, the opportunity to be really compelling. But I think like a lot of those kind of like last issues need to be uh, ironed out. I haven't had a huge good, huge amount of experience with it yet, but I think that. It's only really going to be compelling when you get like room scale with like full motion controls. Like, like just the headset with the controller works for like certain types of games, like mm. uh, games that you pilot things in. But um, I think w- I don't know. I feel like the price point is going to make it prohibitive for a while. Um, yeah, I also I also agree with you that it will be an input thing. Uh, this is the read. Also, uh, this is a read I'm stealing from Errant Signal, uh, where which he said uh, the. Um, it, it, so he said he was like he was like like the problem with VR isn't 
like isn't anything fidelity wise about like the image or anything like that. It's that when you when you give people this head swiveling ability, right, that allows them to move their head, uh, it is it is part of like the kinesthetics of play you know like playing a game and so giving somebody a controller right to be you know to be moving around with a joystick and everything like that when i'm when i'm using a controller on a television both of those are um you know like both of those are very obvious simulations or whatever uh or very obvious kind of abstractions of you know i press the move stick to walk forward which is nothing like actually walking uh, right. i press another stick to look around which is nothing like actually like looking but when you say okay i move my head to look around right that pairs with it i want to move my feet to walk around but now when i have to move a stick to walk around that disconnect is is jarring yeah. uh, for vr and i very much agree with that sentiment i think that that makes a lot of sense so so i think the hands thing are the biggest thing like i've played like i said i've i've, I've, I've never played anything with like the, the the hand controls yet but like like you're like you want to reach for things i think you've got a little bit more option for the feet, like I think you can get away with a little bit more for like movement, um, uh-huh. like for walking around. Like I think you can get away with 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 that being joystick driven. Um, I think because at the end of the day, a lot of people also don't want to be walking around while they're gaming. Right, it's the thing they do to relax on the couch. Um, uh, but I definitely think that like you need a certain level of ubiquity. Like, um, and, and like I said, you you can you can also get away with non with non move control games for like. Games where you pilot things that feel that feels like it works because it feels like you're behind a control panel, and like you're like the like the gamepad you're holding in your hand is basically a proxy for the like the control panel you're using in game, and that works right. Like it, it maps okay. Um, mm. uh, once w- once you get the hand things in, though, I think I think you're ninety percent of the way there. I think that'll that's where you'll hit like the the, the like the the big breakout if if it's going to happen. Right is once uh once that hand stuff gets like a killer app. Yeah, um, that's true. I, th- I, I think don't you're, think that I killer app is board. Skyrim or fucking Fallout. Fucking Bethesda. <laughs> fucking Bethesda. Fucking uh, Todd Howard. Yeah. Didn't even show up to disappoint me. Uh, <laughs> I'm still hey, mad. He's working. He's working hard on you know I don't know whatever game he's working hard on. I'm sure. Uh, fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else. You got anything else? I have, I have, no, I have, no, oh, I have, I have one more thing, which is news, uh, from the DC expanded universe, which oh. I might start making more of a regular thing because I keep up with it so much and I want to talk about it all the time or whatever. Um, but so there, so like there have been like a ton of rumors going around, um, about, um, so, so you know, so you know, like Batman, uh, the like the Batman movie. There's a Batman movie coming out soon, right? Um, the original plan was Ben Affleck was going to direct his own Batman movie, uh, and and star in it, obviously, like as Batman. Everybody was super excited, right? Ben Affleck, Oscar award winning filmmaker. His 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 movies are great. I think uh, I think the town, uh, which is kind of people think it's his worst one, but I think it's his best. Anyway, um. 
but uh, but he he is no longer directing it's being directed but now by Matt Reeves uh who is the who is the filmmaker who has made um Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes War of the Planet of the Apes has really good buzz and everything like that and uh and everybody thought that it was because oh like Batman versus Superman you know what I mean like all of this like all of this stuff uh you know Ben Affleck is getting cold feet he's getting really nervous about playing Batman um and everything like that and so he no longer wants to direct his own movie because he thinks it's going to tank and he hates it and so and so this has been like the story in the press but it just came out that it wasn't that ben affleck actually still really wants to direct the batman movie and wanted to direct the batman movie but what happened was the condition of directing batman was attached to the performance of his most recent movie which is called live by night which bombed it which was actually pretty good but for him was bad um which bombed at the box office and warner brothers essentially almost kind of punished him by taking him off the batman movie and bringing matt reeves on um because matt reeves is a really like hot is like like a really like hot big ticket filmmaker right now or whatever so it is uh so that's the that's the drama that's the drama out of the dc expanded universe uh at the moment uh, other drama that you and i have talked about at length actually is all is obviously phil lord and christopher miller uh being removed from the han solo uh from the han solo movie that comes out at, uh next year at the end uh in the middle of next year in may did you see that they, they replaced him with uh ron howard yeah they replaced him with ron howard which was always which was always announced and by the way if the like this is inside baseball a little bit but like you don't fire a director unless you have somebody else lined up um and so some people thought that lawrence kasdan was going to do it um but uh yeah they 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 brought in ron howard which makes a lot of sense he has a very old school kind of hollywood uh track record uh and i think he's going to gel a lot more with uh lawrence kasdan and kathleen kennedy uh who are the writer and the producer respectively uh who are much more old hollywood than kind of phil lord and christopher miller's new hollywood but the reason i bring that up is because they took a meeting with dc about the flash movie uh, meetings happen all the time. People take meetings for for people all the time. But the Flash movie is currently looking for directors. Uh, it is based on a treatment written by Lord and Miller themselves, uh, which they were commissioned for after the Lego movie, which was also a Warner Brothers movie. So I'm really excited. And I really hope that they sign on to do The Flash because I fucking love those guys. Everyone go see 21 and 22 Jump Street. Those things are modern masterpieces. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, I watched 15 minutes of the first one and was like, well, I'm bored and went and watched something else. Granted, it was on a plane, um, so maybe I don't know. I don't know it if that is, makes it, it is, worse or better. It is very good. It is really, really awesome, and I highly recommend both of those movies. Uh, I mean, I, I got to the part where, like, <laughs> like I got to like the like, I guess like, like the, it's like the first scene where like the like the 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 kind of like jock guy is like, oh, nerds are in charge now. I was like, oh, well. This is boring, and I, I turned it off. I just couldn't I couldn't deal with it. So, you know, didn't finish it, but I was not a fan. Fair enough. Anyway, uh, so did I do a good, good enough job filling for time? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to fill for time. We're fine. I know, uh, I know. But I did want to mention it, and I yeah. also want to bring this stuff up more often. Fair uh, so, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. Uh, well, if you would like to contact us and tell us what you think about the Star Wars um, and how Buddy's wrong, or about... 
That's the whole thing. That whole pitch comes down to whether or not it's okay hey, to hey, alter no. canon. Hey, hey, look. The, the 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 first part I'm down with the altered canon thing. I think it's a totally separate discussion yeah. that you're wrong about. <laughs> uh, if you want to talk to us about uh, how you think Hell's Rebels is going, how you feel about Nitty Gritty, how you feel about uh, directors of Hollywood movies, or about consoles, or about Todd Howard, you can you can do that at some derps play game. You can email us at some derps play games at gmail Watch us on Twitch at Twitch TV slash some derps play games. You can. Uh, uh, rate us on iTunes and comment on SoundCloud. All those good things. Links are in the description. Um, did you have anything you wanted to promote, buddy? Uh, no, I have uh, I have nothing else I'm looking for. All right. Well, in that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.